You guys, this episode is all about the vag. The the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor. Specifically. Yep. So I talk about what the hell it is, where it is, and why we love it. You know, it's a great episode for all birthing persons. Mm -hmm. If you had a baby, will have a baby, want Mm -hmm. to have a baby. It's Mm -hmm. just good basic knowledge, like Mm -hmm. how we know about our heart, you know? Yeah. And I also, we also touched a little bit on some, you know, things that happen to the vag, like painful sex. Mm -hmm. We We talk about what happened when I looked at my vag. Right. Yep. Busting some myths. Busting some myths. My favorite. Mm -hmm. I love to. And we answer the age old question. When do I do Kegels? And should I? Yeah. I have a love hate relationship with Kegels. As I know. know. I know. It's a, it's a trigger for you. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate a good Kegel, but at the same time, it's not always about the Kegel. Yeah. Amen. They're like my frenemy. (laughs) Kegels are my frenemy. We hate the Kegel, but we also love it. I just, yeah. So enjoy. Enjoy. Episode two. Mm -hmm. Email us. No mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. There you go. See you on the other side. (laughs) Join motherhood wellness expert, Allison from the honest peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert, Dr. Marcy at the down there doc. As they do a deep dive into all things, hashtag mom, they add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee-filled sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no No Mamas, you've heard me talk about soul time. And I'm sure a lot of you were thinking like, what the hell is that? Marcy, did you know what soul time was when I first like talked about it? Not a clue. Okay, cool. So soul time is what I require all my clients to do. It's what I did when I was a new mom to find myself again. Um, It helps with postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, all the things. So I created a guide telling you amazing exactly what to do like Mm -hmm. it's literally sectioned how why when where all the things i give you affirmations i give you journal prompts i give you all the tools that you need to have a successful soul time so that you can tune out the world and tap into your body practice prioritizing yourself even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes and the best news is I have a discount code for our listeners. Hey, hey, gifts all around. There you go. So go to the the link below and enter NMLB for $5 off. And that makes it $19. I mean, it's worth it. Less than a Starbucks run and worth it. And coming from somebody who is not familiar with meditating and turning inward and doing all the things that Allison talks about. I mean, like, I'm just 
not wired that way. It's been a game changer. Really has. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Oh, it's true. Code NMLB. Click the link below and get your soul time on and send me your experience with it to no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. That's right. All right, mamas. See you on the other side. Enjoy. Welcome back, moms, to episode two of No Mama Left Behind. Here we are. Here we are. Today is Marcy's Marcy's day. Marcy has the main floor today. Did you intend for that to be a pun? Um, I didn't, but oh, pelvic, was, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. It just comes out of me sometimes. I know. You know? It's the creative genius. It really does. How are you today, Marcy? I'm good. You know, you, uh, you had a birthday. I did yesterday. 25, feeling alive. 21. <laughs> I go back. I I go backwards. I I'm like Benjamin Button. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and you traveled with your children on a plane. So. I did, and it was the Happy first birthday time. to you. Thank you. It was the first time we had traveled since COVID. So. It actually was fine. And the Atlanta Good. airport was reasonable. I mean, it was crowded for sure, but the kids did great. And they're at the age now where I feel like they will watch stuff on their Kindles or whatever, you know? So a two hour flight, the flight was like two hours and 20 minutes or something is perfect timing because I mean, that's a lot of screen time for them yeah. at, in one sitting, but it's they're still engaged. You know what I mean? Like my four-year-old by the end of the two hours was like, okay. And that's like gate to gate. So there, he couldn't be on it the whole time, you know, but he was like, it entertained him enough to where he wasn't bothering me. <laughs> and oh, then, I, we just flew with uh, my daughter. She's 18 months. And I told uh, my husband, I was like, there are no rules when you're 10,000 feet in the air. Like, none, not one rule. Whatever it takes to survive. Yeah, seriously. And I just, I brought, you know, all the snacks and I put a package of graham crackers in each of their backpacks and usually I just let them have a few graham crackers and they were like, can, and I just gave them a whole package. I was like, oh, just yeah. eat all of these and eat well, it. Eat all of them. Well, eat was like, it all. Can I have, I eat all of them. And I was like, yes, eat, just keep <laughs> shoving them into your mouth. There were crumbs everywhere. I was, I felt so bad for the flight attendants, but you know, um, you know, what do we, you do? We try. We do try. We do. Try. Well, Get back, getting back on track here. Um, you're going to talk about the pelvic floor. What the heck is it? Um, I think it resembles a basket. I'm not really sure. So, yep. (laughs) So why don't you dive in? And I'm going to ask questions as we go through for clarification. I love it. You know, there's there's. (laughs) Apparently, do this, honey. Marcy has had shitty coffee this morning. Oh my God. The worst. You guys, my mom and my dad make the worst coffee. Like, does it taste bad? Is it not strong? Is it all of the above? All of it. I feel like it's too strong maybe. Oh yeah. And oh my God, it's so bad. And then they just let it sit in the pot all day, which is, you know, fine, but it just is so bad. And I am a little bit of a coffee snob, you know, probably. Yeah. And 
a couple of years ago, again, super off topic, but I That's feel okay. like, I feel like this is relevant to my life <laughs> as a mom. So I'm going to share it. A, a few years ago, my husband went to Europe to work and he came back from Milan and he was like, we're buying an espresso machine. And I was like, Oh, okay. I like that. And he's like, oh God, he's like, yes. I refuse to drink shitty coffee after being in Milan for a couple of weeks. You know, everybody is like drinking their delicious espresso. So. And I'm, all day long, they have like yeah, espresso all day. at 10 PM. I mean, yes, I'm here for it. Me too. And yeah. so he being the researcher that he is like spent a few weeks like researching the best espresso machine so we bought this like awesome breville one and so i that's what i make every morning is an americano or a latte or whatever and the thing that's so awesome about it is that it, you can do like single serve so you don't have a whole pot that's just burning all day yeah like, i'll just make one at a time but it's so damn good yeah that now i like when i come see my parents which has not been a long time because of covid i'm like i can't drink this swill what yeah. is this garbage? What is this machine <laughs> that you scoop this is coffee powder? for peasants? Yeah, this is this is not okay. So, but you know, so that's why I'm feeling a little, a little um, off slow. off kilter. Off kilter. Yeah. Well, anyway, luckily you can talk about pelvic floors and vaginas in your sleep. So I can. That is a true statement. Yeah. So, I mean, should we just dive right in? I mean, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things to know about the pelvic floor muscles and why they are important for mamas and birthing persons. And I think there's a ton of misconception out there about these muscles specifically and how they work for us during everyday life and during pregnancy and birth. So I thought it would be helpful to just kind of do like a quick rundown of where the hell they are. And we can do a few like myth busting. Ooh, love it. I know. I do too. I love just proving people wrong sometimes. You just bust those <laughs> myths. I already have a clarification. Oh, please. So the pelvic floor is a group of muscles. It refers to a group of muscles. Yes. Not just ah. a muscle. There are many. There are layers of muscle. Okay. So, copy, copy. Copy, copy. So when you have... Like if you're trying to stop pee or stop from farting in the middle of a meeting, you squeeze your pelvic floor muscles. <laughs> We've all done it. Who hasn't done that? We've all done it. Okay. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so these muscles are, sit, they sit at the bottom of your pelvis, like a basket, like you said earlier, or like a hammock and they go from front to back. So that pubic bone that's right in the front, kind of like right where your pubic hair is, they attach to the backside of that pubic bone and then they sling backwards to your tailbone and then they go side to side from your sit bones. Okay. So they're okay. really like, like a basket or like a hammock that kind of sit down in that area. And the cool thing about these muscles, super neato, is that <laughs> they are made of skeletal muscle, which is the same stuff as like your bicep or your hamstring or your neck muscles or your abs. Strong AF. That's right. So so why is it called skeletal muscle? Is it because it's attached to a bone or something? Yeah, these are and these are muscles that we have voluntary control over versus like ah. 
cardiac muscle that's in your heart or other types of smooth muscle that has a different sort of makeup. So skeletal muscle has like a very specific physiologic makeup that allows it to contract and relax in certain ways. Um, Ask me where I got my PhD in exercise physiology. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. Don't she, have it. she doesn't have, you don't have a PhD, right? No, I have a doc. Well, I have a doctorate in physical therapy, but yeah. 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 That's Not, what I thought. Yeah. Um, okay. So because they're made up of the same stuff, they can be injured the same way as other muscles and they respond to training the same way that other muscles do. So like, okay. for example, if you have shin splints, or if you have like soreness in your arms from doing too much weights at the gym, for example, well, not too much, but the appropriate amount, you know, or if you sprain or strain something, that same type of injury can happen in your pelvic floor muscles, but it will manifest as different types of like bowel and bladder problems or sexual pain or leaking urine or whatever. So it's almost like when, especially with people that have kind of chronic vaginal pain or chronic booty hole pain, I oftentimes say that it's like, it's very similar to like a headache or very similar to a muscle spasm. Or if you wake up um, and you have like a crick in your neck, you know, if you have, if you sleep on like a shitty pillow, the same thing can happen, but it's in your vagina. It's like a Charlie horse in your Yikes. vagina and in your, but you don't hole. feel the muscles themselves. You feel other shit around it. Um, you can feel the muscles, but because everything is so like tightly compacted in there, it will refer to other places. Um, if that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, a a lot of times people will be like, oh my God, my vagina hurts. Like, why does my vagina hurt? Or like, (laughs) oh, my butthole hurts. And it's like your, it is your butthole, but it's also the muscles around your butthole. Yeah. And who wants to say their butthole hurts? Me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay. Marcy and I were talking about this actually. She is accustomed to talking about these things. Right. And so I think we need to remember that our audience is not. And so right. we're trying to like bust through those mm-hmm. stigmas because right. you talk about it often how these muscles are like a bicep and we can talk about our bicep. Why can't we talk about our rectum? That's you know? exactly it's exactly right. It's yeah. exactly right. That's I mean it's part of our body. It's a body part. Parts are parts are parts. When I was getting into this work, people were, a lot of times they were like, oh my God, how can you put your fingers in people's buttholes all day and in their vaginas? And I was like, you know, it's just like a body part to me. You know, I'm like, it's like it's, a dentist, dude. Like yeah, a dentist is in your mouth all day. Right. And I'm like, I... I'm feeling muscle. I'm doing the exact same thing that you're doing. I'm just doing it with gloves on and in a different way. But yeah. you know what I mean? But like there are PTs out there who do wound care and they're like in wounds, like debriding wounds and like taking off like infected tissue and Blech. packing wounds. And then there are PTs and like respiratory therapists that are doing like like cart, like getting sputum and mucus out of people's lungs. What the hell is sputum? Sputum is don't like, even tell me. It sounds disgusting. It's, it's exactly what you think it, it oh, is. Oh God! 
And so, and they're like cleaning out like trach tubes for people in the hospital and, you know, pounding on people's backs so they can cough yeah. up all of this shit that's in their lungs. And I'm like, okay, I think what I do is much less. Yeah. Well, you know who they're like, who we should blame. Oh, the patriarchy. <laughs> I mean, I just think <laughs> I know. my husband's like, don't blame Mel. Well, well, and just, you know, society in general is so weird For about sure. ooh, sex, ooh, vaginas, penises. But we can watch a commercial for, you know, boner yeah. products all the time. Anyway, we're on a tangent. I mean, that's what we do, though. We're really good at it. I mean, I just want to ski down the hill of tangents. <laughs> <laughs> just put me on that chairlift right now. To the tangent mountain. Oh, I, I liked your voice when it got raspy. There, I know. I was like, "That is sputum." <laughs> right there, I got a little. I got a little sputum. I need somebody to pat on my back. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, that was so. Anyway, so I just feel like to me, this type of language, you know, for me to say labias and clitoral hood and vulvas and perineum and tailbone and butthole <laughs> and rectum and all the things is like just common place for me and I, yeah. I I sometimes forget that it can make other people a little bit uncomfortable. So I mean I I don't know really what the right answer is here. I I don't want to censor it because I feel oh, like No, no, no. No. That's, yeah, part of the problem, but yeah, no, we will not censor. Okay. That was just <laughs> was like we're not I'm not gonna... Oh my god, no. I yeah. was just trying to tell the people right buckle in cuz we're going to yes, go there. For sure. For sure. I mean, I, my, I teach my my boys, I tell them to call their parts what they are. Yeah. Like totally. tes- testicles, you know? Yep. Yep. Do you allow testes for short? I could I could do a testie. I okay. feel like that would be fine. Great. I mean, my four-year-old was standing up in the bath the other day and he was like, you know, I was like, wash your booty, you know, wash wash your penis, wash where the pee-pee comes out. And he was like, well, I have to do my balls. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, yes, you do. I was oh like, those God. are... <laughs> if, I was, if I'm blessed with another child, I'm so terrified for it to be a boy. <laughs> Why? Because of balls? Well, just because it's, you know, it's not what I'm used to. Oh, I am I was not used to... I had a sister. I was not used to it at all, but... Yeah. It, they're so funny with oh them, my God. you know? But anyways, what was I talking about <laughs> before? Oh, I, Injuries, muscle, pelvic floor. Yes. Okay. Skeletal muscle. Skeletal yeah. muscle. Yes, yes, yes. So when we are thinking about the pelvic floor and figuring out how to work it the correct way, recover the correct way, prevent injury, the same sort of principles apply, like exercise physiology principles and training principles apply to the pelvic floor muscles, even though they're located internally. Um and they have three kind of main functions. One is support because they're at the bottom of our pelvic bowl. They basically are holding all of that stuff that's in our body up. So like all of our organs, bladder, uterus, vagina, cervix, um, your guts, you know, everything that's in your body is supported by the pelvic floor plus your body weight plus gravity. I was so just going to say, I mean, it's literally holding up all of the things. Right. Above if, it. Correct. If we didn't have it, like everything would just fall out. Ah. Mm. And it is really interesting. I was, 
here we go again. <laughs> Tangent number nine. This is what makes us good. <laughs> I was, I'm teaching this course right now for other PTs and I was doing some, um, research for one of my lectures. And there was this really interesting article about, um, kind of like the evolution of the pelvic floor and anthropological, um, like basically like a quad, like somebody that's a quadruped, not somebody, but like animals that are on all fours. <laughs> they're all like humans that are quadrupeds, but like animals that are all There on... is that remote island <laughs> yeah, off there, of Australia. There is one here in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> it's like walks on all fours. Um, quadrupeds, like they have, their pelvic floor is not a- against gravity. Yep. You know what I mean? And then humans, bipedals, like ours is. And so it was just this really interesting article about how like the different loads and demands and forces and, you know, animals that give birth on all fours and that have their pelvic floor on all fours, like that baby just kind of shoots out and then they don't have the same type of load to recover like humans do because their pelvic floor is not supporting everything like their belly is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's just really interesting. But Anyway, they so support is one, so floor of the court, and then the second is continence. So this is what keeps our pee and poop in and releases pee and poop when we need pee and poop to be released. Um, so when the bladder is filling with urine or the rectum is filling with poop, the pelvic floor muscles turn on and contract to counteract that filling pressure. And so the bladder is like filling, filling, filling like a balloon, and the pelvic floor muscles are like, oh, oh, crap there's pee in there. I have to work harder. So they contract and lift up to squeeze down the urethra, which is the tube that pee comes out. So as that pressure is building, pee doesn't leak out. So it's not like kind of a leaky faucet situation. And then we get the urge to go to the bathroom. We go to the bathroom, we sit down, pelvic floor muscles let go and release, and then urine comes out. And same with bowel movement. And then they have to contract back up again and start the whole process over. It's the circle of life. It is the circle of life. Correct. Um, So continence is a big one. And then the third function is a sexual function. Mm. So, So this is the first layer. So we talked about there's different layers of the muscles. This is the first layer, the most superficial. And there are muscles of the pelvic floor that attach to the sides of the clitoris and they help with that. Yeah, girl. They help with that rhythmic contraction of orgasm. So that kind of like pulsating contraction that's facilitated by the first layer of the pelvic floor muscles. They also help with clitoral engorgement. So when you're aroused before climax, the clitoris fills with blood, similar Mm -hmm. to what the penis does. It gets a little bit bigger and engorged and those muscles contract and help that engorgement stay there. It kind of like keeps the blood in the clitoris. Did you know that? Fascinating. I know. Fascinating stuff. So fascinating. And then the third part of the sexual piece is that, again, that first layer, there's a muscle that goes around the opening to the vagina. It's called bulbospongiosis. And oh God, that's pleasing. Bulbospongiosis. <laughs> yes. Also BS. use that if you prefer to remain anonymous in an email. Just <laughs> call yourself bulbospongiosis. <laughs> Hi, Marcy. I have a question. Blah, blah, blah. Sincerely, bulbospongiosis. 
<laughs> I would be like, oh my God, I love you already. <laughs> um, so that muscle ha- is, it's shaped like a horseshoe. It kind of goes around the opening. And so it has to lengthen and open in order to allow penetration into the vaginal canal. So it has to be able to relax to create space so something can go in. Oh, so that makes sense why sex is painful sometimes if it's too tight, eh? Yep. That's exactly right. And it's not just that first muscle. It's all those other muscles too. So if the pelvic floor muscles are in spasm or if you have a Charlie horse type situation in your pelvic floor muscles, because they're confined by the bony parts of the pelvic bowl, the only really place that they can go when they get tight or have a spasm is in. And so they take up space in the vaginal canal. So if you're trying to like put something in your vagina, like a tampon or a penis or a vibrator or a speculum at the gynecologist's office and the muscles are super tight, they're not, it's not going to go in because there's just no room in there. You know what I mean? Or it's going to yeah. be painful. It's going to be painful. So it's interesting because when you go to the gynecologist like it really does help to relax and like take deep breaths mm-hmm. before they insert mm-hmm. the speculum. Mm-hmm. So there's some like brain body things happening there to where if you're able to relax and reduce anxiety, mm-hmm. those muscles are able to relax. Yeah, because you and there's a lot of really interesting pain science about this too and like kind of the oh, I love pain science. I know, me too. Do you know about do you ever watch Lorimer Mosley's stuff on YouTube? No. You know who that is? You should watch no. it. He's so good. He's a PT. He got his PT degree and then he um went back and got a PhD in neuroscience and he does a lot of pain research and like what the brain and central nervous system is doing in patients that have persistent pain. Yes. And he's hysterical and he's a really good lecturer. Um and- I sense a expert I know. Oh my gosh. If an expert only, guest. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I mean, he's like, he's kind of a big deal. Call us. <laughs> he's got Lormer. Lormer. Lormer Mosley. We know Get you're listening. <laughs> we know you're listening all the way to Australia. And I know that you're looking for so many, you have so much time. Uh, yes, 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 um, yes. But you should watch some of his, his, he did, he does these really great lectures and he puts them They're on YouTube and he's, he's kind of a big deal. I learned about pain science from the app Curable. Have you heard of that? Oh, I haven't heard about that. Oh my God. Maybe we'll talk about that on, a, on another episode, but it, it helped heal a lot of my chronic pain. That's so through great. My, through my brain. I, um, I mean, there's it's so interesting, like what happens in the brain and the central nervous system. I mean, oh it, my God. It's, and how perfectionists are more prone to chronic pain and... Like your personality type, like, oh, oh okay, we'll God. get into this. That's a bit, put that on the list. I am, I am scratching it down right now. <laughs> put it on. I know it's so good. But we know from the pain science and how the body responds to pain is that, and Lorimer talks about this too, is that when we anticipate pain, right, or we yes. have fear surrounding an event, our body goes into kind of this like protective mechanism, right? And it starts to, especially with skeletal muscle, it will contract to kind of protect that area, 
right? So like in the PT world, we call that reflexive guarding because like as a reflex, I was like, oh shit, that speculum's coming near me. Like I don't yeah. want that in my vagina. The muscles are like, oh, and they contract and it's like, no, 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 no. So there is a link to how we are anticipating pain and how yeah. we're anticipating that um, kind of situation. And we talk a lot, I talk a lot about this with our, in my mamas after baby when they're having pain with sex. Um, and, you know, we, we had this kind of like big event happen to our vaginas, like not yep. that long ago. And then, you know, something's now like a penis is coming towards it. And, you know, it's not uncommon to think like, okay, like this might not feel great. And then yeah. I just pictured a vagina screaming like, no, I know, like, just, just <laughs> it. Like, get away from me. <laughs> um, so it's like, something is gonna the muscles are gonna respond to that. And and it's not it's not like a psychological thing. I mean, I think there is a psychological component, but it, the old, like the old saying, oh, it's all in your head. That's not true. And yeah, we yeah, yeah, actually yeah. see physiologic changes in the brain as far as like real estate and mapping and all these like really cool things happen in the brain and the central nervous system. So it's actual changes in the body in response to that kind of persistent chronic pain. So we will talk all about that. And Lorimer is awesome. And he's, he's really funny and he's just a really great lecturer, but a lot of the stuff that he, Marcy has a crush. Marcy has a crush. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, no, I was so nerdy. I just, like, I want to pick his brain and be like, Lorimer, tell me about the mirror neurons again. Oh my God. I love mirror neurons neurons okay I yeah know, it's so yeah so good we'll get to that for sure we'll get, yep episode number 52 but oh, i was gonna say 62 okay okay <laughs> um so that's kind of the pelvic floor in a nutshell i mean i love it that's what it is it is a basket does a lot of shit for us does a lot of shit literally literally during pregnancy like mm. what happens how yeah. just like physics hashtag physics about we have, you know, an extra anywhere from 15 to like 90 pounds, depending on how you carry yeah. um, of downward pressure. So yeah. like talk a little more about that. Okay. For me. So for me. Um, yeah. So think about the load on the pelvic floor in a pregnant body versus a non-pregnant body. So your uterus will grow in size like a million times bigger than what it was. <laughs> statistically, statistically, it is one million times bigger. One million percent enlargement. I mean, it goes from a fist size, like a non-pregnant uterus is about the size of a fist, to the size of a watermelon. And that's just your uterus. Yikes. Okay, so uterus. Also amazing. I know. God, I know. Birth, pregnancy and birth is a fucking miracle. I mean, it really is absolute trip. Like it's, it's, it's really a trip. I know I was lucky enough to, I had a friend, I have a friend in California who I went to high school with. And when I lived in LA, she saw me during her pregnancy for back pain. And then I helped her get ready for the birth. Like we went through pushing and birth prep and I was teaching her mom things. And then she asked me to come to the birth and she, oh, I know. And she let Will me you be at my birth. Yes. Yes. That's happening. Yes. And she had a bunch of family there, um, like, you know, up to it. And then when it was like time for pushing, she had, she asked me to be in the room with her and her husband 
um, and her mom and his mom. And that was it. And I had what an honor. I know. I was like, I told her, I was like, this is a religious experience. And I mean, I was like face in her vagina. I was like, yes. the OB was like, could you get out of the way? And I was like, let me see it. I'm like, Relax. Like, I'm a doctor. Me, I know. I was like, um, what, what type of repair are you doing there? What is your, what, um, I would label that second degree. Absolutely. Yeah, I can I'm see like, it from here. I'm like, can you please tell me your suture technique? Thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, so the uterus goes to, you know, fist to watermelon. And then you have the actual baby, which could be anywhere from whatever. Five, I mean, my babies were 10 pounds. So 10. Wowie. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan was nine pounds, eight ounces. And Will was 10, two. Oh my God. So, no wonder you have a big vagina. <laughs> my vagina. Listen, it. <laughs> I know it. Yes, that's a whole episode. We'll talk <laughs> oh about my that. god! I know. Uh, the, yep. So that's ten pounds of human, plus placenta, plus yep. increased in blood volume. Like you actually have more blood. Like your yep. volume increases, plus increase in water weight. So you have more water weight. Yeah. And whatever your body weight increases, like you know what, however much weight you gain from your actual body. Yeah. Plus gravity. So you have all of that load on these pelvic floor muscles that have never had that load before. And it's like a transient load, right? Because pregnancy goes away after nine months, but it's also progressive. So it's like gets more and more and more like the load starts to just increasing and increase and increase until birth. And so what the muscles have been doing for the last nine, 10 months is working overtime really to support you mm -hmm. and all of this increased load and having to do it dynamically while you're like walking around or exercising or lifting another baby. So you're adding all these other forces onto that, right? Like yeah. you're not just laying in bed, you're doing all of these like movement things. Yeah. And so it's been, working well, and then overnight it's like gone <laughs> right exactly <laughs> everything's out <laughs> right and you're like whoa i have a like all of a sudden i have a waterbed for an abdomen yeah. and like yeah. what has happened like things are just flying out of my body in all directions yep um and then so it's been doing that for 10 months nine months and then it has to do the exact opposite for birth in a matter of like ah. a day it has to basically lengthen and stretch to the circumference of the pelvic rim to allow the baby's head and shoulders to come out. And the shoulders are oftentimes like the biggest, you know, widest part. Yeah. So Sheesh. I know. And it's limited by the size of the bones, right? So like it only can go to the sit bones, the tailbone and the pubic bone. This is fascinating. I know. So I just had a thought that we need to make like a pelvic floor day. Like, you know how there's a day for everything? Like, oh, there's a day for everything. Yeah. Happy granite countertops day. Like, <laughs> thank your granite countertops. Like, I swear there's a day for everything. So I say we institute. Why is that so funny? <laughs> First of all, I wanted to say granite. Who is granite? I don't have granite anymore, but it's true. It's like granite countertop remembrance day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like happy quartz 
So if you see a granite countertop, just really thank it for just be respectful all, for supporting your utensils, your and, '90s kitchen and yes. beige tones. Just be respectful. That yes. granite has gone through a lot, <laughs> and we need to honor <laughs> and. <laughs> That makes me laugh so hard. It's true, though. There is a day for everything. But we 100% need to have a public floor day. Okay. Should it be today? What's the date? June 4th. June 4th. Yes. May, May from this day forward, it be known. Proclaim. To this country and all its inhabitants, pelvic floor day is June 4th. June 4th. I mean, we'll put it on our merch. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yep. Oh man. Um, okay. So what is there anything else you want to say specifically about it? Or should I just like ask you a bazillion questions? Ask me all the questions. I mean, Allison, okay. I will happily talk about vaginas for hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's kind of how I feel about um like the inner child. Oh you know? I cannot wait to talk to you about that. Oh God, it's good. It's so good it's oh yeah wait I'm, i gotta write that down too we have inner child mm -hmm. and then the other one was pain science we're gonna cover all the bases dude I it's feel like amazing I oh, I hear so little children pitter-pattering up the, uh -oh. oh here they okay. are <laughs> that was my 10 pounder that one <laughs> came out what uh you can watch a show yeah will you please close that door yeah. Edit that out. This door. Yep. One show. We'll cut that out. Sound engineer. We'll have our sound guy. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Producer. Sound guy. Did you get that? Producer. Yeah. Cut that. Cut great. that out. Thanks. Okay. Great, great, great. <laughs> so, <clears throat> speaking from experience, I looked down there oh. in the first six weeks. Okay. It was... No how one did, told no one told me to not. How'd you how'd you do with that? How? Um I'm not gonna lie to you, Marcy. It was it was rough. Yeah. I had a little bit of a panic attack. Mm. Mostly because there appeared to be an organ yeah. in my vagina. Like yeah. I was thinking to myself, oh shit, if something tried to enter my vagina, it could not because right. It's There's, blocked. So did it, did it look like a pink golf ball? Um, it was pink, fleshy. Yes, I believe. Was it my bladder? Um. So where? I mean, unclear because okay. I didn't. See no, but it. they said it was my bladder. Yeah. So I mean, to like be nitpicky. So that's like prolapse, right? So yeah. We, okay. So prolapse is where the organs, bladder cervix rectum urethra whatever else you want to have in there will sit a little bit lower in the vaginal canal um and what we actually see like what that like fleshy looking thing is the actual top of the vaginal canal because the bladder oh. is like pushing on it you know what i mean okay so it's not like it's your actual bladder in your vagina but it's like the bladder is now dipped down yeah and instead of being like up over your pubic bone, it's like just kind of, and I hate this word, but I'm just going to say it because it's accurate. It's just kind of like sagging posteriorly. Yeah. You know Why what I mean? Why do you so, hate the word sag? 
sagging. I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't, it has like a negative connotation, like saggy boobs, saggy bladder, saggy oh. eye bags. Oh, okay. I mean, basically it's just describing me. So. I was just going to say, so what does that bring up for you, Mercy? <laughs> <laughs> this appears to be a trigger for you. Let's it explore does. this. The sagging, especially <laughs> after a birthday I just had. So I don't really want to. <laughs> I'm not ready for that, Allison. Okay. You're not ready. I'm not ready. My vagina. Stay tuned for the episode where we explore Marcy's <laughs> sagging. <laughs> Hatred of the word saggy. Um, okay. Um, so you were talking about. Okay. So that's good, though, yeah. because. I, this just goes to show that we don't have enough information because they told me, oh, that's probably your bladder. Right. And I called them and I was like, something's happening. There's there's a woman in the plane. (laughs) (laughs) There's a woman on the left phalange. (laughs) She's in colonial garb. Um, (laughs) It's happening. And she said it was my bladder. And so I was like, wow, this seems infection prone. Right. And like, how scary is that to have a nurse be like, oh, yeah, that's your bladder coming out of your body. She goes, it should go back soon. (laughs) You're like, back where? Well, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah. Where is it going to go? And remind me to talk about this and your constipation because it's linked. Totally. Okay. So. Uh, So that's it. So yes, it is your bladder, but that's not what you're seeing. You know what I mean? And so like when we look right at the vagina and especially if somebody looks themselves in like a standing posture, because a lot of times my patients or my mamas will be like in the shower, right? After baby or a couple months after baby and they'll be like washing and they'll kind of wipe over their vulva or wipe over their labia and they're like what the fuck did i just touch like yeah that's not supposed to be like what is that yeah and then they'll put a mirror there and then they're like bending over looking and standing and of course prolapse will be more significant in standing because yeah. of gravity, gravity. right yeah. versus like looking at it on your back so so it is it does seem like a little bit more like oh my god what the fuck it's coming out of my vagina yeah but um so so that's so when we look at the vagina and we see like a pink golf ball at the top of the vagina that's usually what we call in the PT world an anterior wall deficit or a or like the doctors will say a cystocele which is the bladder prolapse um and then AWD for short anterior wall deficit yes <laughs> yes all wheel drive, all wheel AWOL. My as. vagina is going AWOL. <laughs> yeah. um, and then if we look at the vagina and we see the same thing like at the bottom, kind of near the perineum, then that's the rectum. So in PT world, we'd say posterior wall deficit. And in doctor world, they'll say rectocele because the rectum is prolapsed. Yike aronies. Yep. And all of these can happen during birth because we're pushing. Mm with mm-hmm. everything that God gave us to get yeah. this person out of our vagina. Correct. And it also can happen during pregnancy be from like, oh, from the load just getting progressively heavier. Okay. Okay. And we see yeah. it also in people who have not been pregnant or had a baby who have chronic mm-hmm. constipation and um, perhaps chronic like respiratory issues where they're coughing mm-hmm. forcefully a lot mm-hmm. um, or like, chronic digestive issues whether they go back and forth from like forceful vomiting or um like pushing and straining to get hard poop like out. IBS. Yeah. yeah like ibs constipation kind of do- or also people who 
do a lot of repetitive, heavy lifting and they don't have um, like proper mechanics and kind of pelvic floor control to manage that increase in intra-abdominal pressure. But yes. most commonly it's after baby. Um, but Speaking all those other which, factors can contribute to it, like your constipation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have two two things. One, I didn't realize that men have a pelvic floor. <laughs> oh, one, I saw men all the time in my practice. <gasps> which is weird and funny i just for some reason thought because you only hear it you know spoken about during pregnancy but mm-hmm. they have one too they which do. makes sense because they got to poop and pee and have sex yeah. um they just have then, a, one muscle that's a lot longer uh, i'll let you <laughs> why did you say it that way i'll let you guess which one which muscle's longer well which one has to do more which one has to do more Bulbospongiosis. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that one helps. I'll get it next time. With erection and Ooh. pushing the semen out. Oh, God. Let's not talk about men. It's too much already. <laughs> it's um, only episode two. Yeah. Um, and then my other question is Kegels in mm. pregnancy, right? Yeah. This yeah. was real was frustrating one. for me because yeah. I hear me. on one end, girl do your kegels daily count mm-hmm. them at your desk da-da. Mm-hmm. and then i saw a pelvic floor pt after delivery when shit hit the fan and she was like oh yeah you can over kegel and i'm like what the hell is so do mm-hmm. i kegel do i not kegel mm-hmm. yeah what do you do Ugh. i love that you saw a pelvic floor pt after baby a 100 yeah i mean i got help for that before i did for my mental health which is i mean I need to explore that more with my own therapist. But yes, I but, I think I went at like seven weeks postpartum mm-hmm. because of the... That's good. Because of the poop? Because of the constipation. The lack oh. of poop. Yeah, the no pooping happening and searing pain in your <laughs> butthole. Um, so yes, that is such a great question and something that is very kind of all over the place in terms Controversial. of... Yeah, in terms of information. So, I mean, we could have an entire episode on this, but... Um, we may. We probably will. Add that to the list. The list keeps yep. growing. It's you got growing three. <laughs> three just from today. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, one kind of piece of background is that for years, vagina owners and people who identify as women have been told to have a tight vagina, right? Oh, Get a man, keep a man tighten up the badge. So sex is pleasurable Whew. for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. God bless it. Yep. And so we're told all the time, you know, Cosmopolitan magazine, you know, all sorts of different media outlets that are like, do Kegels whenever you can, whenever you remember, do them sitting at a stoplight, like make your muscles tight, you know? Yep. And um, so the problem with that is that I mean, there's a lot of problems with that, but the but from like a physiologic standpoint, if we're only strengthening our pelvic floor muscles and only working on contracting them, then they kind of lose the ability to do the other piece of a very important function of muscle, which is to lengthen and relax. Yeah. Um. It's so like your bicep constantly holding a dumbbell. Correct. That's exactly right. And that's not functional at all for your arm. So 
here's what I like to say about Kegels and pregnancy. I am a much bigger fan of what we call the functional Kegel or kind of like how we bring in our pelvic floor and strengthen our pelvic floor when we're doing everyday activities. So like while we're lifting or picking up our toddler or coughing or getting out of bed or exercising, you know, in certain exercises, I want the pelvic floor to be on and strong and working properly to be able to do those activities optimally versus like just sitting at a stoplight, squeezing your vagina until the cows come home. Yeah. Because like, that's not functional, first of all. And second of all, we don't need it to be super clenched while we're sitting down stationary. Well, and I can imagine that when you're having a baby, you want it to be able to relax. It's the opposite, <laughs> for sure. So like, I tell my patients all the time, like, Kegels do not help you push a baby out. And I think yeah. that's like the misconception is that people are like, oh, I have to have a really strong, super tight pelvic floor to help my pregnancy and like help me have birth. But it's like, actually, you don't want your muscles to be contracted. You yeah. want that when it's time for birth, right? Like they yeah. have to lengthen and open and get the hell out the way so that yeah. baby can come out. Well, and that's why we have that. What's the hormone relaxin? Yeah, relaxin. Yes, relaxin is a hormone that helps the soft tissue in your body become a little bit more pliable. So like your joints can move a little bit more. So like your pubic bone, there is normal separation for your pubic bone to widen a bit um, during pregnancy and birth and like let your hip joints yeah. and your pelvic joints like be a little bit more pliable. Um, <clears throat> but the muscles have to be able to lengthen and get yeah. out of the way. And then they have to be able to contract back up. So if I have a patient or a client who is pregnant and they're leaking urine, for example, or they have prolapse and they're pregnant from like an, you know, a previous pregnancy, then I will give them pelvic floor strengthening exercises to do. Okay. However, I do it in a way that is whatever is appropriate for their kind of baseline and whatever their activities are. And my goal and the intent of that is not to make their vagina tight, but to basically support them through the rest of the progressive load of the pregnancy so the leaking and the prolapse doesn't get worse. The yeah. correct answer is to consult your local pelvic floor PT yeah, or and, Marcy. And, or me. And also the thing is, is that any muscle has to be functional through its entire range of motion. So it is important that the muscles you Kegel, but it's also important that they're able to return to baseline and lengthen and relax. And also for birth, not just return to baseline, but also go the opposite direction, which is part of like the bearing down kind of pushing. And that needs to be trained just as much as strengthening needs to be trained because bearing down and pushing and like getting those muscles to bulge a little bit is not something that everybody knows how to do, especially in the most optimal way linked with the breath and in different positions and all that shit. So we yeah. have to teach that. We have to train those muscles just like we train a baseball pitcher's shoulder muscles to go through the entire range of motion for a baseball pitch. We have yep. to train the pelvic floor muscles to go through the entire range of motion for pregnancy, birth, and recovery. I love it. I feel like that will definitely be an episode too, talking about birth prep. as it relates to birthing. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, 
I learned a lot today, you guys. Oh my God. I'm oh my so gosh. Glad. Thank you. Okay. Yes. So let me try and review the three functionas. Functionas. I've had a lot of caffeine. It's okay. Of the pelvic floor. One, I know continence is one of them. Okay. Sexual. Yes. Crap. The first one. Oh, it's the big one. Oh, rats on a wrapper. Continence. Sexual. And, and holding up your support. all your guts support yay there you go support continence and sexual correct uh, love it well uh next episode i'm gonna be having the floor <laughs> talking about um mental health which is my specialty so you so heard good. from the nerdy physical therapist and then you're going to hear from the nerdy psychotherapist oh my god i can't wait i can't wait it's gonna be so good it's gonna be good um as always thanks for tuning in don't forget do not forget this is key this is so key do you know what i'm gonna say i think so okay email us Mm -hmm. the can you remind them what the email is marcy Yes. No mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And email us, you guys. We love get, I love getting mail. Do I love do getting too. mail. God, it's every, my favorite. Every day I go to the mailbox. And I'm me like, too. Oh, oh my God. What's for me? What's for me? What's for my me? My husband's like, why do you? It's like the first thing that I do. I run to the mailbox. He's like, there's nothing in there. It's all garbage. And I'm like, eh, there might be something. And I'm like, huh? water bill the water bill is here <laughs> like, yeah like i literally like we unless it's my birthday like when do you get good mail like never never oh, oh man email so us uh download subscribe push to our podcast push all yes. the buttons we like subscribe, to subscribe like um, smash all the buttons like we're follow smashing us the patriarchy on the grammy gram yes. yes instagram no mama left behind official underscore official there you go Gosh, this was a good one. Thanks, this everyone. This was a good one. All right, y'all. So good to chat about the veg. See you on the other side. See you on the other side. No mama left behind. <laughs> Hashtag. The Down There Docs online programs help you actually enjoy motherhood and the postpartum journey because let's face it, motherhood and wrangling your kids is hard enough without having to be constantly thinking about your bladder or your pelvic floor. Whether you are currently pregnant, two hours postpartum, two weeks postpartum, or eight years after baby, it's time you finally give yourself the opportunity to be taken care of. The Down There Docs online programs will give you quick, easy, actionable exercises, information, and necessary tidbits. So you can not only go into your delivery clear-headed and confident, but you can start recovering quicker and easier. And you aren't thinking about your pelvic floor coming in to ruin the party. You'll learn things like proper pelvic floor exercise, safe tummy workouts, how to get back under the sheets with your boo without pain or stress, and how to actually prepare for delivery to give yourself the best chances possible to reducing significant tearing and trauma to your pelvic floor. Join hundreds of women in a private, safe, and fun community along with a team of medical providers that actually have your back and are rooting for you. It's like combining your besties with your medical team. What could be better? Join now if you're pregnant or if you're at any stage postpartum for 20% off using code NMLB20 at thedownthereDoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. 
That's NMLB20 at www.thedowntheredoc.com for 20% off any single course or bundled program. See you in there.